like my music. Oh. to the Juice and Mo podcast recordings on a Sunday night as the Sacramento Kings are now the hottest team in the NBA. They've won six in a row and the road trip continues and that means more wins for the Kings. They go to Dallas tonight beating the Mavs 129 to 113. They had one mission tonight, push the play pace and play physical. They did both those things and Sacramento got big nights from Demonis Sabonis. He had 32 points, 13 rebounds, six dives. De'Aaron knocked down six three-pointers to match his career high and another 30-point game, and he was a dog defensively. The Kings were shorthanded without Kevin Herter, but Chris Duarte provided a bit of a spark with Sacramento coming off the bench and into the starting lineup with 13 points and eight rebounds. And the Kings have now won six in a row. They're now eight and four on the season. So much to go over in each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Trust. I was going to sing with you. I was going to go to their website. Go to their website. Northwestexteriors.com. Woo! I'm Deuce. That's Mel. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Um, Nervous of your energy? kind of love your energy but you know is it like, too much no it's not too much but i'm afraid if like i screw up like attack mode ah! oh, i'm feeling good oh good morgan yeah 12 games into the nba season for the kings yeah it is this is my favorite win why because they did exactly what they needed to do tonight this dallas mavericks team played last night in milwaukee loss at the end uh-huh. they had to fly back to dallas the Kings needed to push the pace. And I heard that Dallas is pushing the pace now. I heard that. And it, they were. They, no, they are. This is Sacramento Kings pace versus Dallas Mavericks pace. The Kings want to run, and everybody wants to run all the time. Luca doesn't want to run all the he time. He doesn't have the condition. And I think the biggest thing for me tonight was the start of the game. The Kings got crushed on the glass. Absolutely destroyed. They had zero second chance points, zero offensive rebounds. Dallas was getting second chance points. They were putting up points. At the end of the first, Dallas was up 36-35. And it just felt like Sacramento was not going to be able to survive if they did not improve the rebounding. It was 13-6 in the quarter. Yes. After that, the Kings... Put it, it to another level. They got in some early foul trouble, a lot of mm-hmm. whistles in that first quarter. Yeah. They fought through it, kept playing physical, and got the job done tonight. Yeah, and I love the way that they they responded to whatever the Dallas Mavericks and the officiating was going to throw at them. And I say that, and I don't think the officials were awful or anything in that first quarter, blowing a lot of those whistles. I just thought that they were... A lot of them being blown for Luca on such small physical plays. I was like, oh no, is this the type of rhythm of the game that we're going to have, right? Like that can alter an entire game, but it didn't last long. Kings turned it around. They kept their head in the game and they started grabbing offensive rebounds. They started getting those second chance opportunities. And then it felt like the that that bled into the rest of the game. What did they end up finishing with? 22 second chance points. 22 second chance points. Love it. Their final rebounding was 48 to 40 in favor of Sacramento. I loved how they played tonight. And it wasn't going to be easy. There were times that the Kings looked a little tired too. But Brown kept imploring them to run. 
this Dallas team has been red hot from three this year. They picked up the pace. They're doing some nice things for sure as a team. But Sacramento is used to running now, and they're also used to being physical and playing some defense this year. This defense is so much better than it was last year. They did allow 65 points in the first half. Yeah. But I felt like as the game went on, they got better and better. And they held them in check in that second half. They allowed 65 points in the first half against one of the best dynamic duos in the league, Luka and Kyrie, right? A a dynamic duo that you talk about that when you talk about, you're talking about their offense. I mean, that is what you're talking about them as shot creators, as people that can create for their teammates, as being such threats on that end of the floor. And... It seemed like at times with Luca going to the free throw line, stopping the clock, taking everyone out of their rhythm, making those free throws, it was going to be a rough one. But the Kings, I thought their defense just uh, really stepped up, especially in that third quarter. You had a stat about what the Mavs are used to doing in the third quarter with uh, their ability to score. Kings did a great job of slowing them down and taking care of business in that second half. The Mavs still scored 31 points they in that did. quarter. but. Sacramento dropped 37, and I thought the big difference was Sacramento is like, we make other guys beat us. We're not going to let Kyrie and Luka do it because we saw them combine for 74 points last night in Milwaukee. You know what they can do. I'm going to force Josh Green to shoot some threes. I'm going to force Derek Jones Jr. to shoot a three. If he makes it, we kind of live with it. We're at least going to try to contest it. And Sacramento did have some breakdowns with the adjustment. I love that they made is all right, this is going to be hard for us, and we probably can't, we wouldn't have been able to pull this shit off last year. We're going to throw another guy on them to get the ball of their hands. The double. And it wasn't the same one every time. Yeah. These players are smart. Luca is such a smart player. Same with Kyrie. They pick up on where these doubles are coming, the timing totally. of it. Totally. Sacramento was thrown in different ways. Credit's a bonus for coming out and being in that situation yeah. and that exposes the Kings, right? So everybody's got to be on connected and on a string. And for the most part, they were tonight. And I thought that changed the game. You're exactly. I mean, there were, there were breakdowns. There were moments where it's like Tim Hardaway jr. What the ball was swung around. The double was thrown at Luca. He would have an overhead cross court pass because he's such a magical passer and his vision is just incredible. And he's capable of making that pass and it would get somewhere it'd swing around Tim Hardaway jr. Boom three and it seemed like other guys were knocking down threes for a little bit there uh for dallas they ended up finishing only 35 percent from beyond the arc but still there were some killer ones and especially when the kings were throwing that double but it seemed like as time kept going it started to work and it's like they weren't making those threes and that's what you wanted to see from this dallas offense is being like okay we're almost throwing in the white flag it felt like that effort had left it felt like um they're running out of gas because the kings were that. Really making them work. Yes. Dallas came into this game. Yeah. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. They're number one in makes. Oh. They're number two in yes. attempts. Number three in percentage. Tonight, Dallas took 34. They made 12. Yeah. 35% from three in this game. So the Kings did a really good job making sure they weren't getting killed from three. I thought the effort was tremendous. I mean, even seeing Fox at times just really being aggressive on ball, going for steals, getting deflections. This was a locked-in game. And I actually love the fact that we have not spent a minute talking about the offense yet because tonight was about can you rebound, okay, and play some defense. I'm The offense is going to be good this year. 
Not worried about it. Not worried about it. Rebound, multiple efforts defensively, play with physicality, and you're going to give yourself a chance to win every single night. The way the Kings played on defense and then pushing the pace, the Mavs were exhausted on the second night of a back-to-back. I loved everything about this one for the Kings. It was their best win of the season. Wow. And and I know I know you keep saying that, and I, I, I love that you feel that way in so many different ways. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm right there with you with saying like their best win of the season, but all the things that you're talking about factoring in to be their best win makes a lot of sense because of the, how they needed to do what they were supposed to do. And that was making sure that the Dallas Mavericks on a second night of a back-to-back were going to feel it. And they felt it. And this is one of those games, too, where coming in, I'm like, ooh, a little nervous. Or, you know, you saw Dallas uh, lose their lead last night. They ended up falling to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then they're coming back on their home floor. I know there's all so many different angles and ways you can go about coming back on your home floor. People are always like, that first one back on your home floor is always weird, trying to get readjusted at your home, whatever. And I didn't notice any of that. I thought Dallas came out with a great effort. They came out physical, aggressive. You saw Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, with the little whatever, closed fists into JaVale McGee's chest area when they're both flying to the ground things getting chippy they get double teased like it had all of those things the shot making ability from both teams early on I was like there's some sexy basketball going on this is fun but it was how the Kings closed out uh right after halftime so in that third quarter and then the fourth quarter really sticking it to them I thought the key too was really the final stretch of the third quarter tonight for Sacramento because De'Aaron Fox left the game. Uh, he subbed out, and where was this? At 237, and it was it was still a close game at that point. And Fox, excuse me, Monk came in and hit a couple of big-time threes oh my God, yes. to really put the Kings in control of the game at the end of the third. They were up 107-96. Monk had nine points in the quarter. Fox had 12 points. But I, I'm just... We, I think, weren't sure how good the Kings defense, what the ceiling was for this team defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think most people looked at it and went, man, they didn't make a crazy amount of moves to improve the defense. Sure. But with Fox stepping up defensively, Sabonis, Keegan, and just the effort all the way around, you're seeing the makings of a solid team defensive unit. This was a team that was Awful defensively last year for the most part. 24th in defensive rating, really bad at home. Good on the road, but it's just inconsistent. Mm -hmm. This is the most consistent we're seeing. And it's not just like, oh, teams are missing shots. Sometimes you see that where you play a team and it's like, they're just having one of those nights. I just think they compete. Mike Brown has preached it. The guys have bought in. And sometimes that's hard to buy in. It's hard to be like, play defense when the shot's not falling, when you're losing games early in the season. And it's like, well, last year... We had the best offensive rating in history, and now we're so focused on defense, and now we're losing games. That could be a challenge to maneuver through everything. It's also really hard sometimes to buy in um, defensively like that when you're asked to do so much on the offensive end. The yeah. what what this King squad is supposed to do with with all of their sets and all the actions they run off these sets, um, there's a lot of movement. There is a lot of conditioning that needs to be up to par. And I feel like everyone, for the most part, understood 
uh, what they needed to do. They understood the assignment and they accepted it. They're buying in. And really, I think why they're buying in too, because they're going, oh, we're not going to see minutes if we're not doing what we need to do on the defensive end this year. The standards are are a little different for Mike Brown. It isn't like, hey guys, like let let's win the game with a historic offense. It's oh no, let's get better as a team on both ends of the floor, or you're not going to play. It's the accountability. Yes. The final buzzer yes. went off tonight, and I don't know if you noticed this. Mike Brown. Oh yeah, yes. Was pulling Jalen Slauson aside, the rookie who came in for the stretch run. He played three minutes and 56 seconds, okay? He came in for that, and that buzzer went off. Mike Brown immediately went up to him and was pointing something out. Yep. It's that type of accountability, and you have to have the buy-in from the players too, no shit, but it was, it's just it's been cool to see this come together, and I, I tell Morin, this is a special team. I really believe that. I think... You know, th- I'm not saying like all of a sudden I'm putting them in a championship contender oh. category yet. Obviously, I need to see more consistency in doing this, playing this type of level. Fox and Sabonis have been out of this world, but I'm seeing a group of individuals who buy in, selfless. I watch them as I see something different. Okay, yeah, and it's two guys that are gifted offensively, mm-hmm. a lot of ISO ball, and it's kind of ugly. With the Kings, I see sacrifice. I see everybody getting in on the action. I see team basketball that is just pleasing to the eyes. The Kings are building something special. Pleasing to the eyes. It brings joy to an entire team, to a culture, and everything else. And um, just speaking of the defense, I think talking uh, about Keegan Murray tonight is the right thing to do because we talked to him after the game, and, you know, Sometimes with him, what I love is that he recognizes and and is very self-aware of what he's doing on the floor on the offensive end, but he also knows what he's capable of doing on the defensive end, and Deuce ended up asking him a question about his defense. Well, this is the whole clip, if that's Oh, is it? Yeah, it's not just that. All right, here's uh, Keegan Murray with uh, us after the game on NBC Sports California. Oh, Keegan Murray. Ah, yes, he is standing courtside right now. Keegan, thanks for joining us. Um, Excited to have you after another big win. You guys really closed that game big, especially in the fourth, and now six straight for you guys. Uh, How were you able to get it done? Uh, I mean, I feel like it was just a collective effort uh, offensively and defensively. I feel like we kind of put it together um, at the right times and just stuck with it and uh, ended up getting the win. Keegan, your defense this year has gone to another level. And it's not like, oh, it's just improved. You look like you're playing. You have the chance to be an elite defender in this game. What's been different? How are you able to improve defensively this season? Yeah, I mean, I just have to step up on that end. Um, Offensively, I'm not uh, even close to where I want to be at. So um, I just want to step up on that as much as I can and guard the best guys so other guys can uh, be be good on offense and uh, have their way on offense. And uh, I feel like I'm the guy to, to do that. You guys have had such a strong starting unit. What was it like playing without Kevin Herter tonight? You guys were still able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just had to step up. Um, he's a guy that's obviously been playing really well um, these last three games, and um, it's a void that we had to fill. I feel like Chris uh, Duarte did really well um, rebounding the ball, um, making shots, and um, stepping up in his absence. So um, kudos to him for stepping up. Well, Keegan, great game out there tonight. Get back at it against New Orleans tomorrow. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. There's Keegan Murray with us after the game. Um, a couple of things that jump out. His last point about Duarte, I want to give that some love for a second because – Duarte hasn't really been good. He's come in 
and been picking up fouls really fast. Chaotic. It looks like he's just rushed offensively. Yeah. And we we're talking about a pregame. I'm like, he just needs to play in control. Mm-hmm. I know he's a good defender. Just try to defend without fouling. Be physical without fouling. There's a fine line, especially when you're tasked with going out there and trying to defend someone like Kyrie Irving. But he went out there. He did a good job. And then, offensively, just be patient. You don't have to rush everything. He got some open looks from three. Got a little mid-range shot in there. I was really pleased with what he brought for Sacramento. Yeah, even that mid-range shot that you bring up, there was a lot more patience to it, right? He he recognized it. He was going, it didn't look like he was going at first to be this threat to the basket. And then as soon as he noticed it, he made a quick decision. It was like, boom, stop, pop, jump shot. And I felt like there was a lot more of those moments. I felt like even defensively, he was trying to bounce back and not be as handsy and was trying to use his chest more. I know that uh, his he almost got that second foul when the officiating crew was calling that uh, foul on him when he reached oh, in yeah, yeah, against yeah. Luca. It ended up being a jump ball after Mike Brown challenged it, which I love because I didn't want to see him get that in his head. He seems like a guy that... Um, can kind of play off his emotions as well. Like you can see him wear it on his face sometimes. So I'm glad that that was challenged. Mike Brown sticking up for him, sticking up for the rest of the team, being like, yo, we need this game to be at a different pace, to have a different rhythm to it. And that helped as well. I also love that Keegan Murray, I feel like is really understanding that, hey, if I go out there and play defense, I'm going to be on the floor. Mike Brown's going to keep me on the floor. Yes. Last year when, when he'd make a mistake or something, you know, Brown was quick to pull him. And, you know, I think it would get in the Keegan's head a little bit. Maybe he'd struggle offensively. He's still not knocking down the three like he did last year. But even when you talked to, to him after the game, it didn't seem like he was tripping about it. He ends up tonight with 17 points. He had four assists. He also had three rebounds and a steal on 7 of 13 shooting. Had some nice attacks at the basket, mm-hmm. especially in that third quarter. Hit a couple of threes. He was 2 of 7 from 3. But I do love his perspective. It's like, I'm not going to worry about the offense. That's going to come. I'm going to try to make life easier for the other guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love... I love that he's he's bringing that energy, that mentality, and recognizing that a little more. I thought there there could have been a few more plays out there offensively where he could have been more of a threat, yeah. was looking to be passive, was looking to be uh, like he just he needed to be a little bit more selfish and try and get his because when he's trying to get his, he can get his, and he can get his at an efficient level. And when I'm saying getting his, I'm not talking about just – trying to jack up a whole bunch of threes. I'm talking about taking it to the rack and finding a way to either get a floater, uh, throw it down at the rim, or maybe even look for a midi. Either way, Keegan Murray with the ball in his hands on the offensive end is a good thing, and it will just get better and better. Flatline in the chat mentions this, that his three rebounds, too, they were all offensive rebounds, which were pretty significant for Sacramento. So that was a good sign. Shout out to Flatline for uh, mentioning that. All right, so the order of... This show has been funny because we've mentioned the defense. We mentioned them pushing the pace and the physicality and how they defended Luca and Kyrie. Yeah. We still haven't focused on De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis yet. Well, I'm ready when you are. Fog machine, go! <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, man. Uh, he's incredible. He is absolutely incredible. Dallas has no one that could guard him. They tried to get the ball out of his hands. Fox, you know, took him a second to adjust with a had a quiet second quarter. And then in the third quarter, he took over. 
Fox ends up with 30 points, 10 of 20 shooting. He was 6 of 10 from 3. Those six three-pointers match his career high. And we should also know he had five last game. He was 4 or 5 from the free throw line. He had seven assists. He had four rebounds, three steals. My favorite stat, zero turnovers mm. for De'Aaron Fox. Oh God. What jumped out? Where do you want to start with his game? Let's start on the offense, Ben. Okay. Let's start with his three-pointers. And that alone, when he was catching fire, I believe he hit three in a row. He went for that heat check four. Yes. Missed it. But. And not only did he miss it, we could tell by that point. I think uh, Keon Ellis was about to check in for him soon. And you could just tell, like, his legs were feeling heavy. He was looking a little bit slower out there. He needed a quick breather. And it was, like, on that heat check one, you could just tell. It was a little short. Um, but still, the way that he was shooting from beyond the arc with so much confidence. Step back or the ball would go uh, and get swung to him, whatever it was. It's like he was always in rhythm. And sometimes that's tough to see when a guy isn't identified as a shooter. It's like, oh, oh, that one was good because he was squared up. Oh, that one was good because he was in his spot. He loves the left side, whatever. With De'Aaron, it was like you could have passed it to him wherever from three-point land, and you could just tell he was just feeling good with the way that his body body was it was all just in this beautiful motion um just pure confidence he is now after tonight he's played seven games in total okay he is shooting 41.7 percent from three and he's doing it on 8.6 attempts he's shooting just under 51 percent from the field he's averaging 32 points six assists 4.6 rebounds just under two steals a game for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I think the offense, I don't know what you do as a defense if De'Aaron Fox is hitting threes. Mm -mm. Because if you start running him off the line, <laughs> which he's not at that point, you know. Good he, luck. What do you do? Yep. You know, if he's hitting step back threes, if he's just hitting threes in general, what that does just for the Kings offense it's insane. He is such a difficult guard because, yeah, of course he can blow by you, but it's also the change of speed there slowing you down. There he can, we go. He'll play physical. Now, I've seen him finish with the right more this year than I've ever seen him. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes teams will try to force him a different way. It's like, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and go right. I, d I don't care if it's Victor Wembanyama, Derek Lively, or another shot blocker you got down there, I am going to get physical, go through or into their chest, and find a way to get that ball up. His ability to find a way to score in the paint and around the rim is what has been mind-blowing to me this year. I'm like, this is, this is some sort of freaking magic that we are witnessing like there's no there's times where i'm like there's no way there's no way but there always is a way with him because it's just like you said his skill set his ability to um be one of the fastest guys out there but then to also be one of the, uh, the stronger guards out there and to also be able to get up in the air and to stay up in the air. He's so athletic and then he can stay square do what he needs to do take the contact finish the shot Mike Brown wanted him to be more physical defensively. He's being more physical on both ends. He's yeah. embraced that. And Mike Brown talked about him after the game tonight in Dallas. Fox did his job. I keep, I, you know, I've said it before. 
he just he did what he's supposed this what he's supposed to do. Uh, he's worked really hard on his three point shooting, um, and uh, you know I'm happy because it's starting to show a little bit to everybody. His his work in the, in, in the all season starting to show, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, but he did his job. He's a two way player. He guarded multiple guys tonight. He guarded Kyrie, he guarded Luca a little bit, guarded off the ball, and he was phenomenal. But that's who he's supposed to be. And, uh, you know, we need to get that every single night from Fox for 48 minutes. And that's his mindset. And once he's there, now he's MVP. Because nobody, nobody can, can freaking mess with that man. He's that talented. Believe that. Believe that. Believe that. Mike Brown's been saying that since he got the job. He's mm. challenged De'Aaron to get better, and De'Aaron, Ooh. to his credit, has embraced it. Yeah. And he's gotten better. Last year, De'Aaron Fox was good. Huh. He's a really good player. He was an all-star. Remember, he was an injury replacement, but still an all-star. Yeah. He became an all-NBA guy. In the playoffs, he looked pretty damn good, then had the injury. This year, he's come out even better. If you're all-NBA to me, that means... Your top 15. Yeah. Okay. Your third team, top 15 player in this league. He's playing like one of the best players in the league. I was actually talking to a friend who works in the league, and I was texting him, like, De'Aaron Fox is playing like a top five guy right now. I said, come on. Come on. You're, you're serious? I'm like, you got to watch. You got to watch. And there's, like you said before the podcast, Morgan, people are going to be late and stuff, but mm -hmm. I, I'm just, I'm telling you, his mentality is just different. I, the numbers are one thing. Like, he's the 32. That, yeah, like, yeah. Awesome. I'm just talking about how he's playing. The force. The force. He is in this attack mode on both Not ends. Not only that. Well, you know, Mike Brown's talking to him, getting into Kyrie or to Luka, wherever he's defending. He is playing with that edge. Juice. Not only that. Your best player is diving on the floor, sacrificing his body just to get the loose ball, just to make that extra effort. I mean, if your best player is willing to do that, you're all going to do that. You're all going to want to do that. How does that not create such a great culture? And it's because it's like you just said, uh, since the beginning of Mike Brown, he has bought in from the beginning of Mike Brown. Mike Brown has believed and seen this in De'Aaron since the beginning. And I think for so many years with us, since we've seen him since his beginning, we've been covering him since the beginning of his NBA career. I remember there came a point uh, closer into the Tyrese time. I was like, I just don't know if he's supposed to be a number one guy in this league, but I know he has more. I know he has more. I didn't know he could do what, or he was ever going to do what he's doing right now. I knew he was going to get better and better. I didn't know that we were going to see this type of leap from that point to this point, just like that. And we always talk about it with other guys in this league. It took Kawhi Leonard until year five to really become Kawhi Leonard, right? And it's just so cool when you see it happening right in front of your eyes, but that's, you're so right about like the rest of the league. And when people aren't watching, it's like you're watching a cute few highlights or even a stat line. And you're seeing like, Oh yeah. Every guy that's supposed to get 40 or, you know, 30 or whatever is getting 30 or 40. Uh-uh. It's how he's getting 34 or 40. And it's, it's how he's being a two way guy on the goddamn floor. I can't, it's the funnest thing that we get to watch right now. You know, Mike Brown's made a point just as a team, like, 
it's hard to take the jump from good to great. It's easy to go from eh to good. Sure. But to take that next jump. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox has taken the jump. <laughs> yeah. De'Aaron yes. Fox is a great player in the league right now. He is. And even if the shooting numbers go down a little bit, I don't... This. I'm talking about the mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about his approach. I love how he's playing right now. And I, I, if, I, if I'm a Kings fan, I'm beyond thrilled. It's like, all right, like it's the, the rest of everyone else kind of, you know, sleep on him or whatever. I think he's criminally underrated. Um, I, I don't think he gets talked enough about whether it's fans or in the media like he is one of the top guards in the league. And he is. And he, he truly is. He is. And I think there's these little things that keep happening. Um, like, you know, signing with Steph Curry, right? Like, I think something, it's like the, the one of the best players in the game is seeing something. And it's not just seeing something in his ability to play the game, but it's also seeing something in him as a human being too. I think whatever jump he's taken, uh, has taken with his maturity on and off the floor has just benefited him in all aspects of life. And it's just so cool that we're seeing this now and that it's translating into wins six straight, baby. It's translating into wins. It's yes. translating into yes. a good culture. And it's so fun to see all the other pieces around him right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm in awe of how he, how he's played this year and the difference it is when he's on the floor. Sacramento scored 129 points tonight. Last game, they scored 129 against San Antonio. The game before that, 125 points. The offense is just beyond explosive. And now, improving defensively, good night. Good night. Did you have something you wanted to bring up? Yeah, well, because I was ready to move on to the walking double-double. Damanis Sabonis, another guy. And I'm not trying to make this into like, hey, people are sleeping in it. But I'm just... You don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. Because I feel like every time that you say that too, you said like the last couple of podcasts, you've also been like, hey, I know we're talking a lot about about a lot of good things. And like... That's not what I was going to say. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say people are sleeping on him too. And I'm just bringing up the topics that you've brought up the last couple of podcasts. It's people sleeping on this team, Domas and De'Aaron. It's people um, not... What was the other point I was bringing up? Was the... uh, Was... The wait, people sleeping and then God damn it, what was the other thing? Just saying all the good things. Oh yeah. It was saying all the good you're like, you're like, I know we're talking about a lot of good things happening on the basketball floor right now. Don't worry, we'll point out their flaws. And it was like missed free throws or their turnovers or something. It's deuce, we're seeing for the most part with this King Squad, these last couple of games, really good, solid basketball games out there, except maybe the way that they're starting the first quarter. You know? Sure. So go on about people sleeping about Domas. Domas Sabonis is just an absolute stud. And, the, you know, there have been some are people we know, like KOC, who's like, oh, he's just, <laughs> you know, it's a regular season. Sleep, KOC! Domas um, Sabonis in this game had 32 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. He did it on 13 of 15 shooting, Morgan. He was 0 for 2 from 3. So the only misses he had were from 3 tonight. My God. His last five games, I mentioned tonight, 32, 13, and 6. Against San Antonio, he had 27, 14, and 7. Against the Lakers, he had 29, 16, and 7. Against the Cavs, he had 23, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. And against OKC, he had 17 points, 13 rebounds. And 13 
assists. <laughs> he's on an unbelievable tear right My now. My God. Um, he's averaging over 20 points a game on the season, just under 21 points, 13 rebounds, and 7.2 assists. He's shooting 63%, 37.5% from three. He's been fantastic. And those are just numbers, mm-hmm. okay? That's just raw numbers. What he's done defensively, even tonight, there was a drive where I think he had to help on Kyrie. He does a great job of getting up and staying vertical. Yep. And if you're not going to be able to have a 7-5 wingspan and block a whole bunch of shots, how are you going to do it? Well, you don't just wave the light white flag and let people go by you to the rim. You get up. You go up straight, and you get as big as you can because you can alter a shot. His help defense has been great. His verticality has been great. He's been great in defending the pick and roll. Sabonis, even if people were like, I don't know if he's going to be an all-NBA guy, he's playing like one right now. Mm -hmm. There's no denying it. Yeah, there's no denying it. And you just look at having a passing big on the team and all the things that it can create, not only with obviously creating this good offense with the ball moving around, but I truly believe it helps the ball touch everyone's hands. And when the ball touches everyone's hands, it's a different type of energy that goes through that basketball. All you ballers out there, whoever's but you know how that is. When you work your ass off on the defensive end, but then you still get that touch on the offensive end, you create something else on the offensive end, even if you're not the one scoring the ball, shooting the ball, whatever it may be, but you did something else to accomplish something on the offensive end. He gives that to this team, to everybody on this squad. And and opportunity is what he's giving um, by the ball going into him, even if he's the one initiating the offense, even if he's the one getting that pass at the high post. I just love what we are seeing from Domas. And again, another type of energy and mentality that is just contagious and bleeding into the rest of the team. What is this? His shot chart from today. Wow. He missed those two threes, but you, you notice something? Yeah, a lot around the rim, which is efficient. But Morgan, the mid-range. He had a turnaround jumper right here. He's he's Love shooting. It. This is what he has to do. I know he could be a force in the middle, but can he step out and shoot that with confidence? He's doing that more. He's shooting the three with more confidence in recent games. Doing that changes a lot for the Sacramento Kings. So, Sabonis deserves a lot of love. You know, there's going to be people talking about, especially on social media, you know, that trade, the Halliburton Sabonis trade for years and years and years. People do that. And that's just part of the fun, I guess, about talking about the NBA. But what Sabonis has meant for this team, I want to go back to what you were saying about Fox, how Fox dives on the ball for, dives on the floor for a loose ball. Demonis Sabonis plays hard. A hundred percent of the time. Yep. You do not see Sabonis give up on a play. And so when Fox is diving for a loose ball and Sabonis is constantly moving, getting a rebound, pushing and transitioning and finishing at the rim like he did tonight or getting back on defense or coming out to throw a double to get the ball to Luca's hands and then recovering to make sure he's in help to get back on lively. Then everybody on that team is going to go, dude, those guys are doing it. Those are our rocks. Then we're going to do that shit. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say enough about those two guys to start the season. It's a long year. We're only 12 games into the season. I get all that. But the Kings are starting to build a track record now after what happened last year with this group winning 48 games and playing a certain style. This year, you're starting to see it more. It's even more connected. And you're seeing improvement. I'm beyond. I'm I'm, I'm what? (sighs) What? 
getting high on this team. Right I now. know you are. I'm really, I'm loving this. You want to know what else track record wise? It's it's okay to get excited because what we saw in the beginning of last year, we literally saw growth the entire season, all the way into the postseason, where you saw even more growth, especially when you talk about their defense and what they were able to do. So when you saw when you see that track record of how they just got better and kept growing, what would make you not believe that they're going to do that same thing from right now to the end of this season, right? And you could say like, well, don't all teams end up getting better together? No, that is not true. Because last year, another thing that they did, they all kept playing together. They all kept staying on the floor through injuries, through whatever was going on, and they fought together. And I feel like even this year, without De'Aaron Fox, I'm glad that if it was going to happen, it was going to happen early on this season because they had those two really shitty games against Houston and their response after those games. That's a great point. It, it just has been something different. It was like, then you had that shaky game against Portland. Then you had the next game and got a little better and then it keeps getting better. We need to give our player the game out. Oh, do we now? Any guesses? Well, I'm going to go with, it's either De'Aaron or Domas. The fans voted in our YouTube feed. Shout out to everyone watching us live right hey. now. You guys are awesome. You guys are talking about my suit a lot. And no, it's it's a, not black. It's green. Like I'm getting. Why are you mad at the light? Because uh, this suit is great. I look great. Show me some respect tonight, okay? <laughs> my suit game is at a Fox Sabonis playing Ooh, level. Oh no no, right no, 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 no. Watch out! What I whenever you do this, I never understand. I think he's doing a catwalk. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Deuce, it's the same lighting. And in fact, it's a little bit more blurred out even back there. No, no, you're, it does not even, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. He is hot. Okay. Show off that watch. Damn. And All right. Who's your player of the game? The fans I voted. Domas. 62% of the people say Domas, so bonus. Let's see who our rock and soul player of the game is. Domas, so bonus. Let's see. Stats are looking good. 32 points, 13 <laughs> rebounds, 6 dimes, 13 to 15 shooting. He did it in just 34 wow. minutes. Wow. It's presented by our friends over at Rock and Soul. You need to go to Rock and Soul Diner. It's an awesome place. It's six blocks from Golden One Center. We went there for breakfast. Mm. Oh, so good. The best part, you get breakfast all day. Breakfast all day. And just remember, while the Kings are on the road right yeah. now, if you go watch a game there, you can get 50% off drinks, 50% what? off apps during the game. And then when they are back, there will be more home deals, especially if you have tickets to the game. Ooh, so go to Rock and Soul in Sacramento at 10th and S, just six blocks from Golden One Center. Support local. They support us. You should support them too, huh? They're amazing. Oh. Um, in the chat, so someone's saying I look like Paul Bearer. It's not, it's not black. And you know what? You guys should have been paying attention to pre and post game tonight because I was wearing this. Yeah. Where were you yeah. not watching NBC scumbags. sports, California? You're not scumbags though. My God. And I change out of my crap really, really quickly, really quickly all the time. I'm trying to think of where I wanted to go I knew next. I know where I wanted to go because you mentioned uh, Domas, Rock and Soul player of the game. You said all in 34 minutes. I want to rewind back. That's what I wanted to go to. Hey, really? Yes. Oh my, hey. Good job, good job. I like that. So the Kings play tomorrow they against do? the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, 
I really wanted them to be in a position where they didn't have to play their guys big time minutes. When Keon Ellis had to exit and then Davion Mitchell ended up coming in, De'Aaron Fox did not have to go back in the game. De'Aaron played 31 minutes and 14 seconds tonight. Chris Duarte played 32 minutes. Keegan played 32. HB played just under 34. And Sabonis played 34. I'm glad they didn't have to play crazy high minutes, especially because they kind of did the last game. They got a game tomorrow. That was good to see. They took care of business and allowed their bench to get some minutes. Yep. And their bench came in and took care of business as well. I think without Kevin Herter in that starting lineup, something we haven't talked much about either, but it's you... You just expect this team to have that next man up mentality. You don't know what it's really going to do with the flow um, or the rotation. You know that Alex Len is also out six to eight weeks with his ankle sprain. So we knew JaVale McGee was going to come in. JaVale McGee uh, finished with only nine minutes. But the rest of the bench is what I want to talk about was Keon Ellis coming in for his nine minutes. It didn't seem like he had the same type of flow that we'd seen in these other games, but then he tweaked his ankle. He goes out. So Davion Mitchell is the next man up to come in uh, after De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell came in for nine minutes as well. You know, he doesn't have the greatest stat line. If you look at a hit, what he did in nine minutes, but it's not that it's what he did. As soon as he came into the game, Kyrie Irving has the basketball trying to, work on Davion. What does Davion do? Locks him the F down. Contests his shot, just does a fantastic job, and the Kings get the defensive rebound. You mentioned the defense. The final tally for Kyrie and Luka tonight. Kyrie finished with 23 points. He only had four points in the second half. Mm. Four points in the second half. He was eight of 17, two of six from three. He had two rebounds and one assist. Why do, why do you look at me like that? I, I just, the Kings did a great job. I thought, you know. It was such a petty it's, smirk. It's scary when you throw a second guy at some of these sure. players. But they weren't too aggressive with it. They, yeah. The Kings were smart enough defensively, I thought, to at least throw someone out there. But not just like try to trap necessarily. Sometimes they did. And it forced them. It just forced the ball out of their hands. And then get it to somebody else. So, Kyrie finished with 23. Luca had 25, but he was on 7 of 19 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3, 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He had 10 rebounds, 7 assists in this game to go along with two turnovers. Yeah, I, I think when... I mean, we watched Luca last night against the Milwaukee Bucks, and um, there's times he's absolutely just like jaw dropping, incredible. And when I say that, it's not because of his athletic ability or um, his defense. It's truly hit what he's capable of doing on that offensive end, whether it's finding the open man, a sideline out of bounds, just over the head pass to the other corner he did one where he was double tonight and somehow got it to the corner for a three-point it's incredible attempt. his vision he, uh he's precise it's amazing what he can do when it comes to his passing and then sometimes when it comes to his step back three i think tonight he only finished he only finished three for seven but when that shit gets on fire it becomes deflating it, it becomes scary and you didn't see him go off it seemed like he was a little bit t more tired because of that back-to-back -back. but also the other thing that we noticed from the dallas mavericks last night against the bucks was that whenever he was running back not on a back-to-back -back, not even on a back-to-back he was running back slow on the defensive end and would just be like, pick up my guy. Hey, could you guys, could you guys pick up my, 
cool. Who's got my guy? And then would just like slowly rotate over. And you see that type of effort from him at times. And what I love is that the Kings were like, well, we know what you're about. And it is a second night of a back-to-back. So we're going to do everything we can to slow you down. And I just thought the Kings executed that in a lot of different ways. Well, and he's so good at drawing fouls. This Mavericks team's really good at drawing fouls. They shot in the first quarter, they shot 12 free throws. They finished with 26 in the game. Luca is so good. He's a foul baiter. Oh, he's so he's gr- good at that. He, he's great at it. Some, yep. some would call him a I don't, master baiter. Like, he is so good at getting those fouls. What? That, like, was so 2010 joke. Like, I, I remember, like... the jo- There's no joke! He's good at drawing contact. He's great at baiting. He's he's a masturbator. Uh, he's so good at it. Uh, oh. <laughs> I almost said that on TV tonight. No, did you? Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Can no. you imagine? Dump bu- Is there a dump button on TV? Is that how it works? No. No, I can't imagine. I'm that really was, glad that. I thought it was funny. It, it okay. Here's what I'll tell you. It's lightweight, funny, sure, whatever, old joke. But it's true. It's absolutely true. It's it's uh, something that he is very good at on the floor. And it's just like things when you get frustrated with a Chris Paul for being able to to exaggerate and sell a foul. Like, it's a veteran thing. It's just something that we Chris We can Paul's call it what it is, okay? What is it? It's tough to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like every time we, we watch a Kings-Mavs game, we're talking about Luka after going... Oh, this guy sure complains a lot, and it's constant. And I knew tonight, I, I said it pregame with Morgan. I said, this this game is about the Kings sticking to the game plan of pushing, mm-hmm. pushing, pushing. Even when you're tired, push, because they don't have it. And you saw their gas tank in late third quarter, all of a sudden they couldn't make a shot. Nope. I mean, I, I forget how many straight shots they made. I think Draper said once on the broadcast, there was like, hey, missed nine straight. They couldn't get anything going, and the Kings, every time, were pushing. Yep. And, and you know how exhausting that is. And then second chance opportunities, the Kings were getting second chance. Even if they were missing shots, it was just, it's so deflating in a situation where you're trying to play defense and the team gets a rebound. You're already tired. You're thinking about, God, I played last night too. You're looking at the clock. You're looking at the score. The Kings just had to stay focused and push the pace against him. And to be honest, that's, I think, going to work against a lot of teams for the Kings. They have to have that focus. Yeah. You know, it's not all teams. There's some teams that, you know, like OKC is pretty, you know, they're young, they're athletic, and get up and down the floor. Yep. I like, you know, there's certain teams, but like a team like Dallas, I'm like, you could tell me that they're pushing the pace more. And the numbers back it up. I think they were top three in pace headed into this game. But I can tell you, I watch enough to know Luca doesn't want to run. And you know what he doesn't want to do? run back on defense. It's one thing to push the pace offensively. Mm-hmm. You're having fun. You're getting back up the court fast, maybe getting the ball back, hitting the three, getting some early offense. Defensively, that takes a different level of conditioning and desire. The Mavs don't want that. That's why the Kings are a better team. It's not even close. The Kings are a far better team than the Mavs. The Mavs have come out of the gates, knocking down threes well. They don't defend anybody, and they've got two elite individual players elite. they'll win games because of it but they're not good and another guy i want to talk about that did a good job i thought defensively on luca was harrison barnes i thought he did a good job of just being active um really try again they I, st- and they started keegan on him but keegan picked up a couple of quick fouls correct because uh luca is a masturbator and he knew how to 
you have to like put a space in between. It's like a master baiter. It's kind of it's it's funnier okay. when you just like say it like yeah, yeah. he's a master baiter. Okay. And okay. now you're stealing my joke that you said wasn't very because good the I'm landing it. I am landing it with the way that I am putting it out there. Anyway, um, yeah, he did a great job of trying to draw fouls on Keegan. They put Harrison Barnes on him. Harrison Barnes finished the night twelve point six assists, four rebounds, only one foul. Only one foul. He had one steal, and that one steal came closer to the end when you saw that Luca and the rest of that starting unit were feeling it. They were feeling tired, and he just had Harrison Barnes had active hands on Luca, and it was like, all right, this is the beginning of the end. And that is what I love about Harrison Barnes is that he just kept at it. He kept being um, annoying with it, and he kept making sure that he was going to body him up and do what he needed to do. You want to see the deep pod tonight? Do. Defensive player of the game. De'Aaron Fox gets the crown tonight. De'Aaron Fox gets the crown. That's cute. That is As cute. He deserves it, man. The guy has brought it defensively this year. I yep. love how he is bringing it every single night. It's something that I think a lot of people felt like he could have been coming out of Kentucky, and now he's reaching his full potential because it's not just about speed and being athletic and long. It's about having the want. And what he's doing, what makes it even more special, Morgan, yeah. is that he's still able to do what he's doing offensively with the pace, with the scoring, with the attacking. That takes a different level of conditioning and fire, like firepower. Completely. Completely. I'm, I'm, I'm amped up tonight. Can you tell I'm amped up tonight? Oh, dude, I could tell, like, when we were watching the game in an empty Golden 1 Center, because uh, we were at Golden 1 Center one more time before we go to the NBC studios in San Francisco, um, and... Golden One Center, empty, deuce, screaming at the TV. I mean, it didn't matter if it was a Kings player messing up or if it was a Mavs player getting a bucket, whatever it was. He was just, like, amped. And then going to the post game, I was like, are you cool? Are you good? He was good. I was good. You, you toned it. You, you kept it at a good, energetic level, and I appreciated it. You know, nobody got fired tonight. It was great. <laughs> yes, that was a good thing. <laughs> so, shout-out to De'Aaron Fox, who won the defensive player of the game crown, of course. Our friends are Sharif Jewelers made that crown. By the way, Sharif Jewelers let me borrow this watch for TV tonight. Oh. Let me just say, I usually wear an Apple watch. I don't usually. Dude. I'm not usually sporting an Omega watch. And Rose gold. As we talk about this, we should yeah. also get to our moment of the game. And as we, but let me, as, as we continue this conversation, because Deuce, Apple watch, dude, right? Yeah. That's fine. Apple watches are cool too, but. Really, when you're about to rock an entire suit and be on TV, you should probably dress up a little bit more. And for Deuce, he's wearing a beautiful Omega watch. And I'll just say this. I've seen De'Aaron wear an Omega watch. So that's MVP caliber shit right I'm there. So cool. That you are so cool. And then let me just say really quick for me, I was rocking some emeralds tonight from Sharif Jewelers and emeralds represent royalty. So I was like bringing all that royalty I king's love, love in, you know, I was, you know, finding a little... Little cute touches, but um, but anyway, we wanted to start making our moments of the game uh, a Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. So here's a question for the chat: What do you think the moment of the game is tonight? Kings won one twenty nine one thirteen at Dallas. What's the moment of the game? Do you have any candidates you'd like to throw out there? Um, let's see. I, I okay. There was that. I forget who it was on, but De'Aaron had that and one. And he screamed, 
And I'm just, maybe I'm just saying this. You don't have to make this the moment early. of the game. It was early. And he just screamed. And it was just this moment where he was just like, I'm effing nice. Like, I had that confidence beaming from him. Um, I mean, our first show, but it doesn't have to be about us, but our first show of the NBC King season year. Todd says Fox is three, question mark? Ooh. That's, that's a good one. Fox is threes. Okay, okay. Light says the impact of Fox's speed and control of the pace is underappreciated. There's a reason why the Kings have the highest rate offense in NBA history with Fox and lineup. He's beyond a great individual. That's you just throwing that out there. Uh, other moments. Fox. Yep. Okay. JaVel McGee getting into it. Fox is six threes. Keegan's dunk. Fox nailing a three after a Luca hit one. Yeah, that felt big. The way Fox answered that one. Yes. Yes. I mean, Malik's threes were big. I, you know what? I think it is. De'Aaron Fox, six threes. I like it. I like it. And you know what else we're going to know under it? What are you going to know? Because, it, you know, we want to remember these things. That you were wearing the same type no. of watch that De'Aaron Fox has? No. Oh, what? Uh, that he is at this moment shooting 41% from three. Um. Damn. Don't forget it. 41%. Don't forget it. we'll see what it is later yeah. in the year. Uh, and then we'll also know. Deuce and Mo, pre and post. I like it. Thank you. I'm just going to also note this. Last year, I did a Kings-Mavs game pre and post. That was the Kings' overtime win when De'Aaron Fox went out, uh, went off in fourth in the fourth quarter in overtime. The Kings won. First game ever with Kyrie and Luka. Yeah. First game yeah. ever. And everyone was so excited about Kyrie and Luka. Everyone was just like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? They're going to be amazing together. This is going to be so special. And then the Kings said, shut the F up. <laughs> That's what they said. I know. That's sure what they said. <laughs> In overtime, baby. It was fun. So the Kings win 129-113, our moment of the game. De'Aaron Fox with six three-pointers in the game. Just amazing. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else we missed that we should really hit on. The JaVel McGee thing I know you brought up earlier. Dude, th that can't. I know like nothing else happened after that. Between those two, yeah. or when McGee was out there, because McGee pretty much, I believe, he only played in the first Nine half. Minutes. Yeah. Oh. He never came back. Oh, no, he did come back in uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, so McGee goes to block Hardaway and kind of falls down. Okay. Not on the Hardaway, but near Hardaway. Yeah. Hardaway kind of close Reaches fist over. pushes himself up and like gets up fast, like all pumped up. And JaVel McGee did not hesitate. That guy got up and was like in his face, like saying, don't do that shit. Yeah. Wait, th those two were teammates last year. Correct. Doesn't mean that There's they liked each other. There's some bad blood, huh? Yeah, either that and or it was just like, wow. like a little thing happened. I mean, whatever it was, all like Deuce and I mentioned this, I think at halftime or maybe it was post game. We talked about how we're just glad that JaVel McGee got up and did something about it. And when I say did something, doing something about it is doesn't necessarily mean you punch someone in the face. Or, or choke or, someone out and drag them across the court. That was going to be my next or one. Or stomp on someone's chest. That was going to be my next Wow, all three of those things Draymond has done. So oh. yeah, all those things, you, it doesn't mean I didn't mean even you, realize that. I, I wasn't going there. You yeah, weren't so, going, no, it's funny. So I wasn't. Weird. I was just bringing up like yeah. weird things people would do that, that would the, not be cool at all. It'd and, be like, why would you even be playing? Like, like you wouldn't do that on a basketball floor. You wouldn't do that like in the streets because no, you, you'd go to jail. You, you get arrested. Okay, they, they'd be like, you're arrested. You can't. You can't punch them in the face. So stomp on someone's chest or put someone in the chokehold and like drag them for six feet. Hey, Rudy Gobert was drinking oh. clay. Okay, um, sorry. I just got, right. I got so distracted. Anyway, so anyway, though, what I love about it is like 
it's it's the same thing that we've seen in some of these in-season tournament games when you see Desmond Bain and like get up in 80s face, even though he's like here yeah, to here, yeah. right? Like you get up in someone's face, you do something about it and or you make sure you make a scene about it and say, uh-uh, that shit isn't going to fly. And that's what JaVale McGee did by getting up quick, going after Tim Hardaway Jr. That ended up being a double tech. Love it. Great. Didn't want to see anything more. Didn't want to see anyone like get thrown no, out. No, but stand up for yourself and like- Yes. Th- you, that, that's- Don't get punked. It's a good point because it goes back to that Houston game, that first Houston game we had talked about where um, Chris Duarte. Yeah, Dylan Brooks pulls Duarte down by the shoulder and his knee kind of went to Duarte's back. And Duarte just kind of looked at the official like, well, why didn't you call anything? And then no one from the Kings did anything. Nothing. Like, well, you, you guys just got punked in Houston twice in a row. Like, what? Someone's got to do something, right? And tonight, JaVel McGee made a point like, hey, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. He got a technical because of it. So the harder way, and they played on. Played on. Loved it. Don't get punked. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really stood out to me. I mentioned Harrison Barnes. His game, uh, Chris Duarte in the starting lineup. Yeah, Duarte, him. I, you think a game like this can do something for his confidence? I mean... Just slowing down and just kind of playing your game. That, I, I think what we're starting to see with Chris Duarte is that he has a lot of growing to do it's there like there is there is something there with him with um his defensive ability i think he is a high iq player from that stance of just like knowing where he needs to be on the floor and everything he can when he knocks down his threes you go this is like both those things him being able to play hard on the defensive end and knock down the threes you're like yes that's when it really comes together but it's exactly that deuce it's how can Mike Brown, this coaching staff, and maybe playing on this team with good basketball players make him a better basketball player. We saw that from Terrence Davis last year after the season, talk about how he became a better basketball player. And we saw that with our own eyes. Can that happen to Chris Duarte too as the season goes? And who knows how long Herter is going to be out. Mike Brown said before the game that that sprained left finger should not keep him out long, mm-hmm. but it obviously bugged him late in that game against San Antonio. That was the last game against San Antonio, right? Yeah, good yeah. job. Um, so, yeah, he may have to start again coming up tomorrow night. I assume he's going to start tomorrow and night. You know what? Someone just made that po- I think Adam Adam yeah. said it. He yeah. goes, I mean, he is 26, and that's a great point. You know, it's like... But he didn't play last year. No, like, he was out most of the and year. And that, too. And it, this is his third year. His year two was pretty much in and out mm-hmm. due to injury, and he was... He was pretty good this yeah. first year. So um, he's a lot of learning to do, I think. And it's, he's got to learn by having those NBA minutes in yeah. these moments and these experiences. Yeah. I just think there are times he rushes a little bit and it's just slow it down. I yep. feel like tonight he slowed it down a little bit. Agreed. Let the offense kind of come to him a little more. He did a great job on the glass. And I thought they put him in a tough situation trying to defend Kyrie. Um, you know, also we should note Keegan. I know we talked about him at the start, but I thought even when he picked out a couple of fouls, I thought he did a great job defending Luca. Yeah, his and de- staying with it, staying with. Last was- year he was not defending Luca. In fact, I believe last year I went back to that overtime game yeah. in Sacramento against Dallas, and I want to say they put him. Let me look at the roster. I think they put him on Josh Green. Oh, he was not really like much of an offensive threat. Yeah, and but also that, that Keegan- talk about the jump. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean the jump is. Play one-on-one against De'Aaron Fox all summer longer, long, and you too can become in a really good NBA defender. That's yes. the moral of the story. <laughs> moral of the story. 
I'm looking at the comments to see if uh, anyone else had some good moments of the game. People giving Duarte some love. Moment of the game. Yeah, we said it. We definitely said it. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else. Oh, we should also mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors and northwestexteriors.com. If you're looking for new windows on your house, uh, this is the time to do it. It's starting to get cold outside. (laughs) Get rid of those stupid single pane windows yeah, what are you and doing? get upgraded the people at northwest exteriors are the right people to do the job they don't subcontract to somewhere in la Mm-mm. or whatever everyone's in the house they've all been there for a long time they're great people big kings fans they'll come to your house make sure you get the right windows yep they're the right people to go to just make sure that you hit them up for a free quote because let me tell you it's one of those things where you go oh my gosh can i even afford this is this something that we need just get the quote talk to somebody they're so knowledgeable on all of this make sure you hit them up why should they because simply the best trust northwest today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast nerd wallets trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, one other thing we never promote, we should promote more. Check out our website, doesomo.com. Click on merch. We got so much merch out there. You guys should get it ASAP. Oh, yeah. Especially with the holidays coming up. Uh, you don't want it delayed. You want it there in time for the holidays. Go to doesomo.com. Click on merch. And we may be dropping some new stuff, maybe. Maybe some holiday stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Check it out, doesomo.com. Uh, Daniel has this for a moment of the game. What? The Kings literally making the Mavs' asses quit. Dallas taking Luka and Kyrie out with six minutes left because they were getting run off their home court. That was special stuff. Mm, Well, you know, like, I thought, I I mean, getting run off their home court, sure. It was also, I keep going back to the second night of the back-to-back. I try to factor that in, even though if it was the Kings, I'd be like, I don't care. It's a second night of back-to-back. You got to fight through. Every team has a second night of a back-to-back, blah, blah, blah. But, um, But yeah, the Kings just really stepped the pedal to the metal and kept going at them. And I loved when they waved the white flag because then I felt like... Oh, good. We got this one. Yeah, we were watching the game, and Moore's like, it's not over yet. I'm like, yeah, but if they can just get to, like, I don't know, the five, four-minute mark, yep. whatever, they can do it. And, he kid, I, what was the official time when he, he pulled them? I'm looking here. Starters at 528. It was 122-101, 528, and kid pulled the starters. So... That was great. Yeah. It was great. It was it was one of my, I think it was the best one of the season, one of the favorite, my favorite games of the year because it was just complete. It was a team win. Duarte stepped up. Fox, a bonus. Keegan had some moments. HB had some nice moments. So well, now. I appreciate it. Now a back-to-back for the Kings. I, I don't, 
understand oh. who the Pelicans are. The oh, Kings are I playing can... the Pelicans coming up next. Sacramento okay. is eight and four now after the the win. The Pelicans are in the Western Conference right now, sitting at six and seven. Okay, they're coming off a loss the other night to Minnesota in a game where Zion did not play. I believe he missed it due to a, a personal issue. But Zion's missed a few games. Ingram's missed a few games. CJ's out with a punctured lung or whatever. Yeah. Um. I I don't really know. I mean, even um, Herb Jones has missed time this year. Or Trey Murphy's out. Like they they've had a lot of injuries. Alvarado. Like yeah. It just doesn't. It's it's so hard to figure out kind of who this team is and what to expect coming tomorrow night. It is a back to back. Uh, Sacramento has to like be locked in and push the pace still. I mean, Ingram's averaging 23 points a game still. He can still get numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, the the West is stacked and they have weapons, so I'll, I'm not going to act like it's going to be like some easy night for Sacramento, even though the Pelicans are six and seven. And what? And then, okay, and then they get it one night in between and then they play the Pelicans again on Wednesday the 22nd. Yeah, it's... um. I think when I look at th- it's one of those situations where when you're playing a team back to back like this, set the tone. What do you want it? What What do you want your identity to be? Right? Don't play to their level. Don't play their type of game. And their type of game. I mean, they can fight. You're looking at the box score right now of their game last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they only lost by one point. It was a competitive game it. for them. Yes. Yeah, yes. And Minnesota had a really good fourth quarter to end up getting the win. They had a rally on that. But Ingram had 30 in the game. Um, Valanchunas. Sabonis' buddy, 26 points, 11 rebounds. You know who's been actually having some nice moments for them is Jordan Hawkins from oh, yeah. UConn. Dude, he's kind of come in, and he's showing something. Like, okay, he, he can knock it down from three. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to – it's tough on a back-to-back. I get all that, but it's not like it's some long flight. Get to sleep, win the game. And the good news, I'd be, if I'm Mike Brown, this is what I told Morgan post game. If I'm Mike Brown is, hey, guys, we win this game. We, we don't have to get on a plane. We get to stay in New Orleans and play Wednesday. Yep. And I think some people, when they think that, they go, oh, what are guys going to get into? What is everyone going to do in New Orleans? I mean, I'm like, don't be naive to it. I'm sure there's people around the league and maybe even on this team that like to have fun. But either way, if you get your shit done, if you get your job done, I don't care what you do. You know, if it's never a problem, and especially if you're going to sleep in that same bed, Two nights in a row or whatever it is in New Orleans, great. Then just get the dubs. And that's my whole thing. Come out and push. Push the pace. Uh, Oh, we got it. Mike Brown giving the uh, Depaw crown to De'Aaron Fox tonight. You want to watch it? Yeah. We have not seen this yet. Figured we'd watch it together. I'm telling you, we really do. We got enough in this room. And every time you guys step on the floor, I hope you guys see that it can happen. Because believing knowing it can happen is takes precedence over anything else it was a beautiful beautiful display of basketball in terms of keeping the game simple <coughs> jordan what you got great job uh cd you were with eight defensive rebounds great job donuts with de- 10 defensive rebounds uh dpog with five deflections three steals great physicality foxy, foxy! Yeah! if it's suffered here on fox he wins defensive player foxy! of the game yeah, I got. Sometimes I wish I could just hear the full. Wouldn't you, as like a fan, pay 
like to see the full raw coach's interview after the game? If they had a Patreon. Because you saw that you heard him cut right there. If they had a Patreon and they said, hey, you could pay $100 a year. How much would you pay a month for that? I, I don't I, I don't know how much I'd pay a month. Hey, I would pay some money for it. I would probably, I would pay up to 50 bucks a month. A month? No. Yeah. You know how no. many games there are? Five bucks a month. No. God, you're insane. 50 bucks a month? Well, I really like That's it. garbage. I like yeah. it. I love. But Because you wouldn't get it. it. It's anyway, exclusive. What Mike Brown called it was just a beautiful display of basketball tonight. He loved what he saw. Sim- he said simplified, right? Like the game was simplified. They made it simple for themselves. And I would pay 50 bucks to hear the rest of it. You're so annoying. And I do. You would pay and, 50 and bucks a month. I'm like the cheap one. I'm the cheap one on this podcast. And I am saying that. Why is that bad that I just want to hear what... The, I want to be a fly on the wall, Deuce. I want to be a fly on the wall. And I have to pay 50 bucks to be a fly on the wall? Sure. Can we bounce around the NBA in our favorite thing we like to do every once in a while it. on the podcast? And it's look at games we didn't watch because we were working on a broadcast of Kings and uh, whoever they played tonight. The Dallas Mavericks. Took me a second. Uh, the Sixers oh hammer the Nets 121 to 99 in a game earlier today. 32 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists for Joel Embiid. How about Tyrese Maxey with 25 points Ooh. and 10 assists? Uh, the Sixers are now 10 and 3 on the season. Brooklyn has fallen below 500. The number one duo in the NBA. Uh, Detroit loses 142 to 113 to the Raptors. Orlando was up huge in this game against the Pacers. In fact, I'm trying to think what their biggest lead was. Let's see, a biggest lead. They led by as many as 40 points, ended up playing the bench late. Pacers cut the gap to a final score of 128 to 116. Um, It looks like, yeah, they played their bench. The Magic played their bench in the second half. Tyrese Halliburton in the game had 12 points, three assists, and... I just want to double check. I had the stats right. And four turnovers. 25 minutes. 12 points, three assists, four turnovers. Buddy healed with three points in 15 minutes in the loss for the Pacers, who are now seven and five. That team does not defend. They just, they're not good enough. Denver loses to Cleveland tonight, 121 to 109. Denver's all of a sudden nine and four, struggling a bit since Jamal Murray went down. Yeah, I mean, it's a, Big piece to go down for them, especially with what type of weapon he is offensively. It's like then their team. I mean, it's sometimes it's it's wrong just to be like, hey, look, their team is just Jokic because you know Michael Porter Jr. can have nights like this. He finished with twenty one points, and Gordon can also have a big night, but he only finished with eleven. I think part of the problem too is their depth is just so different this year in Denver, right? Like they had some bets. Bruce Brown was so big for them. Jeff Green had some nice moments, and now they're leaning on some young guys who are trying to get more comfortable in expanded roles, which can be tough. So uh, Cleveland got the win. They're now seven and six. Uh, Boston, Marcus Smart uh, against his former team. Of course, he is out, did not mm-hmm. play in the game. Boston hangs out on the win, 102 to 100. Whoa. Memphis is now three and 10. Wow. How did that get, how did that get so close? We'll never know. We didn't watch the game. <laughs> 30 points for Desmond uh, Bain. Porzingis at 26 points. Tatum with 20 on 7 of 13. Brown just 12 points in 34 minutes of action. Um, in double overtime. How about this game? 
Phoenix escapes with a win against the Utah Jazz 140 to 137 in double OT. Markinen, what a monster game. He had 38 points, 17 rebounds, but it was just two of 10 from three. Ooh. I like Markinen. You ever picture him just like close your eyes and go, man. No, already. Good with the Kings. Oh, I th- when what did you think I was going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Why my mind went like, why is Deuce going? <laughs> Do you ever close your eyes and just go, man, picture Lauren Markinen? No. <laughs> Um, I do wonder what they're going to do. Utah's now four and nine. Like, do you think they'll shop Lowry, Lowry Markinen? Like, that's what I'm curious about. Well, weren't we a little curious last year too yeah. when we were like, hey, what's Utah going to be? And then they started off the season strong and then it started going away slow, slowly. Um, this year, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're really about. But yes, I think a lot of teams have a lot more to offer than the Kings do unless the Kings wanted to break a lot of shit up. Yeah. Not going to go there. So, yet. yes, I do um, close my eyes and think about that. Bradley Beal still out. He's going to be out for a minute. I think reevaluated in three weeks, dude. Like, that's not good at all for the Suns. <sighs> Devin Booker at 26 points, eight assists, five rebounds. KD with 39, 10 assists, eight rebounds, four of 20, 14 of 27 shooting in the win for the Suns. OKC. I went to the OKC Warriors game last week. Uh, yeah, you did. Friend was in town, so I was like, I'm going to go to the game. And then he came up back to Sacramento. He know, went by himself. Uh, so I, I went to an NBA game and sat by myself. Well, my dear friend Kendra came by Aww. too for a little bit. But can I just say, I don't get to go to NBA games. Every time I go to an NBA game, it's for work, right? I'm yeah. doing something. I'm doing a broadcast. And by the way, that's not me complaining. It's just you're in a different mindset, right? You're like locked into taking notes and rotations. And all right, what are we talking about at halftime? What are we doing at this your mind's everywhere. Got night chat tonight. Got to update this graphic, whatever. I went to the, excuse me, Warriors Thunder game earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was so fun just to sit in the stands and watch a game. And also not, not have a rooting interest. Yeah. Although, like, I was leaning back in my seat when Isaiah Joe hit 7 of 7 from 3 and beat the Warriors. I was like, ooh. Uh, last night. Oh, yes. We need to talk about this. So, last night, Warriors took on the Thunder again. I was watching that game. Chet was amazing. My favorite moment of the game was nice. at the end. Andrew Wiggins finally bounced back from his shooting slump, hits a three, and Fitz, Bob Fitzgerald, the Warriors announcer, goes, for the win! And Wiggins hits it, and I go, there's 1.6 on the clock. You better hope they win. You said for the win. There's 1.6. A lot can happen. So what happened? <laughs> Chet Holmgren gets open, hits a three to force overtime. And then SGA took over, handing the Warriors their sixth consecutive loss. My other favorite part was when Chet launched that three on the broad Warriors broadcast. Right? Oh, yeah. I think his foot was on the line. Oh, first well, they should take they a look say, at that. It's like, first thing they say. And so I'm watching the game going, oh, no, was his foot on the line? Because I don't have the angle. But when an announcer says it, you like to trust that, all right, maybe, just maybe, they saw something we did not see. Yes. We're not there. That's why they're there. They show the replay. Chet must have been seven feet behind the line. Like, he wasn't he was, even close. He was closer to the sideline being out of bounds than he was having a foot on the three-point line. And it was like... Well, it was insane. Yeah. So Chet was 
incredible last night in that win against the Warriors. And the, the Warriors are a mess. Steph came back in that game, too. They've lost six in a row, and their record at home is terrible. But I could not get over the fact that they were like, his foot's on the light. And I'm like, okay, a couple of things. This is just take away the fact that I do play-by-play, too. Yeah. But I'm just speaking as a fan can we just celebrate the moment for a second, That's, take a deep breath, and be like, the officials, because they mm. thought the officials were taking a look at it to see if his foot was on the line. No, the officials were seeing how much time was on the clock. It was a buzzer beater. So they went to go look to see what was happening, and then they'll probably make sure. But you saw right on the next replay, his foot wasn't even close. It's like, dude, Chet's got a monster game going. He's a rookie. He's celebrate the game. He's like, oh, Chet! Ties it, you know, whatever you want to say. Oh, this is the most deflating thing that could happen to the Golden State Dude, Warriors. So annoying. Oh, the refs are gonna check it out to make sure, and it's good. Chet Holmgren with a big three-pointer to finish the game and send them to overtime. Petty Deuce is, is that here for kind a second. Of an okay call? Not bad. Thank you. I'm not a play-by-play person. Petty Deuce is on the phone real fast. Ring ring. Yeah. I don't think there's a broadcast I enjoy listening more when they're losing than the Warriors. <laughs> It's, it's, I can't admit that, but I Side note, yeah. a little bummed today. Today was also the first Stockton Kings home game. I do play-by-play for the Stockton Kings. Morgan's a color analyst. We both missed the game. Um, so that was tough, but we do have a Stockton Kings game coming up on Tuesday. Tuesday. So we'll be back on, on the headset on the My Calling Games for Stockton we'll again this year. We'll always be posting where that Stockton Kings game will be, so you can yes. listen to us on the call. Um, and Watch some Stockton Kings basketball. Yeah. Let's go. So my whole point to bring OKC was like, oh, I went to a game earlier this week as a fan, and it was a lot of fun to just watch a game and enjoy it. Um, and then I watched the OKC game last night, and then tonight they were taking on Portland. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. They beat Portland tonight. Jeez, Louise. 134 to 91. Wow. Nice. Insane. In the game, SGA had 28 points on 10 of 13, Morgan. In 22 minutes. He had 28 points in 22 minutes. Chet had 16 points, six rebounds, two blocks in 20 minutes, six of six shooting. So absolutely destroyed the Blazers tonight. Blazers are now three and 10. OKC, wow. Chris Murray got to play a lot in garbage time. Yeah, he had eight points on two of four shooting. But OKC, that, that one against OKC is looking even nicer by Sacramento. Yeah. Can I give you my official OKC stance? Um, I feel like you're going to, if even if I said, no, you can't. Okay. Thank you. Um, Proceed. The Chet is going to be really good. I was high on Chet before the draft. Breaking news. SGA is a stud. We know this. I don't, I think they're a year away from making some real noise. I know some people want to kind of push him toward like, ooh, Western Conference contender status. I don't think they've got the depth right now. And I think they need more size. I, I think, think they need a little more size. But to... Presti's got a war chest of draft picks. And I feel like this year of experience together, all together, with Chet healthy, with SGA healthy, with Josh Giddy out there, um, uh, Jalen Williams, like you have guys out there that like just need to experience that together. It's the same thing that we talked about when the Kings actually made the playoffs and got the ex- postseason yeah. experience together. Now you feel like they can like bounce off that and learn off that where I feel like OKC is going to bounce off of just playing good basketball together and take another leap. But you're right. It might not be that type of leap. They've got shooting. They've got ball handling. They've got versatility. I think they need some more size for sure. 
you know, they could be a marketing candidate, to be honest. I mean, pick up the phone, Danny Ainge, and go, hey, we'll give you like. Yeah, where do you go? Jalen Williams and some picks and who knows what else. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't They're know. just a dangerous team because they have a lot of draft picks. So they won 134-91 in a close one in L.A. down the stretch. How crazy is this one? It's a one-point game, 105-104. Lakers beating the Rockets tonight. Dylan Brooks missed a three-pointer mm. with 1.3 to go. He finished with 24 points in the game. Shengun had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. In the loss, LeBron with 37 tonight in 40 minutes. He also had eight assists, six rebounds, 80 with 27 points, 10 rebounds before fouling out. And Austin Reeves dropped 17 off the bench. Damn. All of a sudden, by the way, the Rockets have lost how many in a row? They're now six and five. Hey. So the Rockets have come down a bit here. Come back down to earth. Well, so they've lost now. They've lost two in a row now. Okay. Okay. And they have Golden State coming I mean, up. Look at all those wins. On Monday. Wow. Yeah, it's way too look of the NBA standings, Morgan. I understand it's too way early. too what? Way too early of a look of the oh, NBA standings. Early. A lot can change. Um, but Sacramento right now is currently fourth in the West. Um, Cool. So, yeah, it I'd goes Minnesota, who you see later this week, OKC, Denver, Sacramento, Dallas, and then the Lakers in the top six. Way too early, but would rather be there than down so there you go kings are good guys the kings are good they are good but what will we be talking about tomorrow night we will be live by the way i need to make this note make it so i am not on pre and post tomorrow i know what you're thinking what after the showing tonight you would think you'd be in the starting lineup i mean what happened um, no, I am not going to be on King's pre and post on TV uh, tomorrow, but Morgan is hosting tomorrow. I, uh, so that means she has to drive early tomorrow to San Francisco where the studios are to do the game, which is King's Pelicans. And instead of Morgan doing the game from this or doing night chat from the studio, she'll ding. drive back. So tomorrow's Monday night will be a late night chat. Late night chat. Uh, when you say late like that. Like I mean, 930. Because what time's the game? Five. Oh, it is a five, five o'clock game? So end at 7.15-ish, 7.20. Let's say you get done with uh, post-game at 7.45. You got to drive 90 minutes, you know? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to... 9.30. Yeah, didn't you say 9.30? Yeah. For night chat? Yeah, I like that. I mean, so. yeah, at least it's not, uh, uh, you know, too late of a start, but 9.30 start tomorrow. <laughs> Comment of the night. Deuce goes from... I don't know who Mike Ross is. Uh, anyway, he says, I kind of look like a drunk gram- ga- gambler <laughs> with my tie undone. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Yes, Cap, the studio is in the bay. Man. Um, and Steven in the chat says, Mo is a superstar. Deuce is a serviceable role player. Oh. Okay. Well, I disagree Stephen with that. Brown. You know, Steven? And he disagrees. It's Steven I'm not taking Brown your bait. You're that. my guy, Steven. Yeah. Don't take it. I know what you mean. Don't what you're it. really saying is, God, man, Morgan is a star, but Deuce, so are you. I would be so much better on pre and post if you were in the hosting role and I was in the analyst role. Oh, my God. I would thrive. When I was with Mike Bibby the other day in that analyst role, I was thriving. I'm going to cry about it. You get a host. Um, Let's get to some super chats. We mentioned Blake who donated 20 bucks. Shout out to Chris who donated five bucks saying, you guys did great tonight. You should be proud of how far you've come as a brand. From a handful of subscribers to pre and post game for the Kings. 
Well, I'd like to say we're more than just a brand. Thanks. We're people. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, But Chris, thanks that. for the support. And Thank honestly, you. it is definitely, I, I want, I've said this before and it sounds like, like we're, we're being cheesy or trying to get a cheap pop from the crowd, our fans. I a hundred percent mean this without this podcast and the support that we've received from all of you guys, we would not be on TV. They wouldn't even notice us. It's because of this podcast that Morgan is doing what she's doing and that I'm getting more opportunities. It's because you guys have backed us and showed that like, hey, we dig them talking about the Kings and it's gotten the attention of a lot of people. And it's so it's, it means a lot. Um, also, Brad donates five bucks saying, hey, winning cures everything. Appreciate uh, 4C Bar for gifting five subs. Jersey Devs donating five bucks. Morgan saying, y'all killed it on post game. Love seeing Golden One Center for road games, but Wednesday concert at the arena. Do you have to go to the studio? Yes, we do. Yes. Shout out to Muhammad for being a member for 14 straight months. Why does Luca flop like a fish? Also, Mr. Turtle, 17 months, saying the Kings always win with Deuce and Mo on the show. Shout out to Nico for $5 super chat and a $2 one. Appreciate all the love. Oh, I love it. Um, yes. Uh, and we, we don't, you seem distracted. What I, happened? Sorry. Cause I just saw, I, I got an email from, cause we were talking about our community and everything. And I, I just saw, I hadn't read it, but I got, we got an email from Clint's dad. Um, Clint, uh, Long time Discord community, uh, Deuce and Mo community member, and he just passed away last week. And um, I don't know if he would want me to read it or sure. not, but I, sure. I mean, I could yeah. if, uh, if you want me to. Sure. But it's just, it's really kind. And again, you guys, it just goes to say what our community is like. It might actually be kind of hard to read. Do you want me to read it? You're going to have trouble? No, I, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Okay. Okay. Ah! Clint's dad here. I can't express what your dedicating the podcast and moment of the game to Clint meant to me. Everything you've heard about losing a child is true. I just returned from dealing with the mortuary and, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm like trying to read it. Um, um, and then I watched your podcast. Uh, your sincerity regarding Clint and the extended community he was a part of is heartwarming. I'm an old hoopster and took Clint, age four, to his first Kings game in 1987. Since then, the Kings have been a fundamental piece of our relationship. Thanks again to you and the Discord community. You are a great team and your authenticity authenticity will continue to separate you from all the others. P.S. Oscar is doing well. Update for our Discord family. Um, Oscar is doing well, and that is a very sweet message from Clint's dad. So, again, it continues, you guys. Everything you guys have said over this last week or so has been um, really helpful in the healing process to Clint and his family and even for us and our whole little Ducimo family we have here. So thank you. Well, shout out to Clint's dad and the family. And, you know, we, we talked about Clint last week and we still um, are thinking about them as, as they heal from this. It's not easy. You yeah. know, I lost my grandma last year and it impacted me in such a major way. And I'm still, you know, still dealing with that this time. I can't imagine 
fathom what they're yeah. dealing with as a family with you know their child so processing yeah. expressing everything so that's why like as things keep going please proceed to um process express anything you guys need out there clint's family discord community do some more family you guys ever need anything you know where to reach out to so it's a good way to end it we appreciate you guys so much for hanging with us you know we'll be live tomorrow night around 9 30 p.m pacific time after the kings and the pelicans thanks so much for being with us make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe if you're on apple Podcasts or spotify give us a five-star review too we love you guys but we gots to go you all have a wonderful rest of your night we'll see you tomorrow bye deuce and mo deuce and mo Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know.